What's up? What is up? What is up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are now listening to the Carmine Davis Show. Child, what is up? What are you doing? What you been up to? I've been good, child. You know, trying to stay out of trouble as much as possible, but we'll get into all that. But first, if you're new to the show, or if you're one of those weird creeps who listen to us every week but do not subscribe like or follow or rate this comment go ahead and take the time to smash that follow button that subscribe button review us give us five stars because i am a five star biatch i'm a bad biatch you know what i'm saying just go ahead and hit that button and join us every week because you do it anyway i see it like i i truly see it every week that y'all tune in every week slowly but surely you are following you don't know how you feel about me every week maybe i might have hit you last week and maybe made you feel some type of way but it's all love i still love you go ahead and follow us but anyway welcome to the karma davis show last week um this week has been kind of uneventful i've been working um closer and closer and closer like i say all the time to finishing up my record um our friendship is romantic um i worked with a really really great producer this week who i'm excited about but of course you know i gotta keep that under wraps until you know some of that ink dry you know what i'm saying you know it just be my luck i announce who i'm working with and then boom we fall out or some shit and then i gotta produce something from them and i ain't got it so i'd rather keep you on suspense but it was it was it was a really really great track um i'm not finished with it as usual all i don't feel like i'll ever it takes me months to finish a soundtrack to do it the way i want to and even when i like finish a song and it's so subtle and like even the vocal arrangements are like so subtle but they are they are hard to do you know i was talking to my songwriter about a song that i feel like is still my first single um after all this time and he was talking about how simple the vocal arrangements is and i was like but it's still hard and he tried to sing it and it was wrong. He was so wrong. And I was like, that's what makes it such a great song is that it's simple. It seems simple, but not everybody can sing it. And I'm very excited about it. It's one of those songs that everybody's going to be trying to sing at the karaoke spot, but sound horrible doing it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to love it. But that's what I was doing last week. And um, apparently this week, everybody has been into some shit you know, as usual, but I've been straying to discuss this one particular artist on the show, but I don't, you know, y'all know me better than anybody at this point, and I don't give a fuck. Um, This particular person, we always start off, uh, first, let me tell you, we always start off with hot topics. If you are new to the show, we always do a hot topic, and this week is Lizzo. Lizzo is kind of in the hot seat, but not for what you think it is. This week, um, she kind of was under fire for promoting a diet. And if you can't, you can't tell from my, my voice, I am rolling my eyes. She is in the hot seat for 
promoting a diet supplement on her. I think it's her Instagram. Who gives a fuck, right? Like, but people are upset. People are mad as hell that Lizzo is basically hawking flat tummy tea or some shit. And they got some beef with her about it, but not everybody feels the same way about it. Okay, our hot topic is from, of course, lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. The drop, um, not the drop, the link is in the description box. Make sure you check it out. Click the link, read it over yourself. Don't just take my word for it because you know I will mispronounce somebody's motherfucking name and not give a shit about it. <clears throat> as long I don't know these motherfuckers. So anyway, from lovebscott.com. Danielle Brooks defends Lizzo's detox diet. Actress says she's felt shameful of gaining weight. The actress Danielle Brooks is coming to Lizzo's defense amid backlash the single rapper received for going on a diet. Brooks 31 has long been an advocate for body positivity and created a hashtag in support. Hashtag voice of the curves. But recently, the Orange is the New Black star said she has been afraid to talk about loving her body because she's working on losing weight after welcoming her first child, daughter Freya, in November 2019. I've muted my voice for a month, for a few months now, out of shame. I felt shameful of gaining weight. She wrote on Instagram, even though I brought a whole human into the world, I still felt shameful because I wasn't able to maintain my normal body weight post-pregnancy. And a year later, I have only lost roughly 20 pounds of a 60-pound weight gain. I was quite in I was quite in hopes to post that snatch back photo like so many celebrities miraculously do. Brooke said, though, sh- that she decided to speak out now after seeing the criticism directed towards Lizzo for going on a detox diet. Just like Lizzo and so many other quote-unquote fat girls, we should be allowed to make healthy choices publicly without being made to feel like frauds for trying to be healthy. She said, I feel it's important to share the journey as a reminder that we are not alone. We ain't always got it together and that we are all works in progress. The new mom said that she's now sharing her experience to normalize weight, normalize losing weight at any size. I'm doing all kinds of diets, cleansing, making all kinds of healthy choices, not because I don't love myself now, but because I do love myself, my body and my mind. She said, because I want to continue to feel strong and sexy without catching the sugars, quote unquote, diabetes or any other disease. It's okay showing the in-between of growth. You ain't always got to have it all the way together. Just speaking from the heart. Lizzo had shared a similar message on Tuesday about being able to love herself while also improving her health after she received backlash for revealing details about her diet. I detoxed my mind and my body is still fat. I love my body and I'm still fat. I'm beautiful and I'm still fat. These things are not mutually exclusive. She said to the people who look to me, please do not starve yourselves. I do not starve myself. I fed myself greens and water and fruit and protein and sunlight. 
You don't have to do that to be beautiful or healthy. That was my way. You can do life your way, she added. Remember, despite anything anyone else says to you or does, do what you want with your body. We're proud of Lizzo and Daniel for taking control of their narrative. Body positivity isn't simply being content with your size. It's about loving yourself and doing what is best for your health, regardless of your size. Okay. All right. Well, I was almost going to sleep um, <laughs> with this drop. Um, I, this is what happens when you make a career out of your body. You constantly have to speak and discuss your body. Like, okay. Backstory. I I get Lizzo. I uh, her music is cool, but I feel like most of what Lizzo is about is her body. And the truth is, there are a bunch of bitches out there who look just like Lizzo that I know personally who actually look better than Lizzo, who are bigger, who are more stylish, who are more talented. That's not the point. My thing is, why do you, every time, Lizzo has chosen to be a pioneer because she made it about her body. Even her album cover, she is naked on the cover of her album. And she made these big things about how she's a big bitch, you know, and this, that, and the third, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, You have to kind of... I'm sorry, I'm yawning because this is boring. Like, I'm tired of talking about Lizzo's body. I really don't know anything about Lizzo's music other than that one song she did. I love Lizzo's, the idea of Lizzo. She's important. Her representation matters. I think she is important. I, You know what I mean? Like... Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that I don't like Lizzo before y'all take this and run with it. Um, I like her. I think she's a pretty girl. I just am tired of her. I'm tired of discussing her body. Everything she wears, everything she puts in it, everything that comes out of it. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, there are bitches down the street who look bigger than Lizzo, who dress better than Lizzo, who are prettier than Lizzo, who are doing a damn thing. And we could care less if they're eating salad or a turkey leg. And Lizzo should be the same. Like, give her that space to be able to do whatever the fuck she wants to do with her body. It's crazy. Why is this a big thing? Like, why has this been talked about for weeks? You know what I'm saying? Like, that is crazy to me. Like, the fact that but it's her fault. Lizzo made a career off of her body and, and being a quote unquote example. But in reality, she has made herself into this. You know, one thing about Lizzo is that me and my friend used to talk about all the time is that I'm a bigger person as well. And I, one thing me and her have in common is that I hate how people like when you're bigger, they think that and you're not sitting around here and, you know, in made in outfits. They think you're so brave. 
They always say Lizzo is so brave. She's so confident. What the? She's a person. Because she is walking around here in a leotard with her gut out does not mean that she's not insecure. It's the fact that she is brave enough to go out there and do it regardless for the big girls. But does it mean that she's not insecure and she wants to lose some weight when she feels like it? And then there's some days when she wants a slab of ribs, just like you, bitch. Just like your scrawny ass. It's just that her body is different. That drives me crazy. She just looks different than you. She ain't no different than you, bitch. No different. There are days when you, there's nothing that can stop you from going to Chick-fil-A every day. And then there's those days when you're eating a, a, a prune and a, and a mandarin orange for dinner. Lizzo is no different. This is boring. Let's talk about Lizzo's music. Oh, crickets. I want to be honest, like crickets, nothing. We only talk about Lizzo when we're discussing her body and her body positivity, which is important. But that's because Lizzo breaks out the reality of everything. And it's that there are more bitches that look like Lizzo than that look like Rihanna in our lives. We know that. That's a fact. That's great. But there are a lot more people. There's a lot more to talk about than what she puts in her body. Isn't that the whole purpose of Lizzo being Lizzo? The whole thing was about Lizzo being body positive and people making choices for themselves. Why are we talking about what this bitch puts in her body? If she wants to do a detox diet for a couple of grand or 10 grand on Instagram to promote. That's her mother, her mother, 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 fucking, fucking business. That's her business. Say the fuck about her business. And stop saying that she is brave for wearing clothes. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Get off that girl. And start paying attention to her music. The stuff that y'all gave her a Grammy for. That was to me crickets. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. What do y'all think? Like, am I tripping? Or do I, 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 long story short, I feel like Lizzo has all eyes on her body, which is the opposite of the reason why she's there. Lizzo was screaming, don't look at my body, look at my art. But then all we talk about is Lizzo's body and what she wears and what she puts in it. And I have not been in a thousand percent impressed by everything she's done musically. I'm not a critic like that. Like, I'm not trying to be critical of Lizzo. But in comparison of her body and the stuff that she's done, whether it's a diet or what she represents body wise, compared to what she's done musically... Is there a comparison? You know what I mean? Tweet me at Carmine Davis. 
um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Carmine Davis show on Instagram. You can even fucking bitch email me, Carmine Davis show at gmail.com or show that show at Carmine Davis.com. Like, am I tripping? Come on, like, and stop saying that she's brave for wearing a slip outside. Like, come on, like, oh, she's so brave. That is such a backward compliment if I've ever... She's so confident. What the fuck is she supposed to do? Go hide, you know, in the fucking... The church, like, Hunchback Notre Dame or some shit like that? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's ridiculous. Get off that girl. Get off that girl. Okay, anyway. So, as y'all know... We move on to the next segment. And the middle segment, if you are new to the show if you are new to the show are you still teetering on tuning in every week or not like if you are make sure you follow subscribe like rate this show let me know what you're thinking i really do take people's criticism very well i read it all i respond i don't mind it this is our first not even a year of our show we have so much longer so much more to go so whatever criticism you can offer me i take it um but rate it five stars like stop playing with yourself because it is a great show we have fun over here but um the next segment is always the artist spotlight and i was i don't want to mm. This is not a artist artist spotlight the way I want to spotlight this particular artist. This is just a discussion. Um, like I say all the time that this podcast is really just a crux for um, my my work as an artist. I'm a singer songwriter who is working on my own particular record. Even the Lizzo discussion means something to me and my record because. I shy away from the body image talk. I don't even like to share photos of myself on Twitter. I would rather people sit back and listen to what I have to offer before they discuss my body. Because you run into that. And this particular artist on this end that we're spotlighting on this particular subject is someone else who I look up to who's also a cautionary tale with me. This is not a spotlight on that particular artist's career like I want to I feel like this person's art like artistry is so vast vast and so great that I would like to spotlight her particularly in her artistry later on down the line but Khalees Khalees I want to talk about Khalees and what happened what happened now, one, I'm, first, I want to start by saying I'm a huge fan of Khalees. Huge. She's one of my biggest inspirations. I love her music. I love her style. I love what she brings out in producers. Um, she's such an amazing act. Spellbinding act. She can literally... I think Khalees could sing with anybody. They do an amazing job. That husky voice. She really is that girl. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, 
and fashion wise don't get me started she just really is a girl's without girl without borders but i want to talk about khalees and her what happened okay um i'm gonna dive right in this is an article from the guardian now as we all know khalees is known for the milkshake she's known for caught out there she was recently on the masked singer um, she's now an, um, uh, a chef. Um, she graduated from the Cordon Bleu and she is starting to look to do her own restaurant out on the outskirts of LA. And according to this article in the Guardian, um, she discusses her issues of being hard to place and her issues with her, ma- like her relationship. What I find very interesting is her relationship with the Neptunes, which we would get to with this is that's the big idea on this whole segment. But as a musician, Khalees was often called hard to place, which is another way of saying the record companies and radio stations did not know how to sell her, refusing to be restricted to the R&B and hip hop boxes into which young black artists are often shoved. Khalees' versatile, distinctive voice meant producers as varied as David Guetta, Will I Am, and Davis Take were keen to work with her. She has made dance music, soul music, and even on my favorite of her album songs, Like You, from her fourth album, 2006, Khalees Was Here, sampled Mozart. But that variety may also have worked against her because it may means she does not have an easy, ready-fit brand. On top of that, she had a run of bewildering bad luck with record companies. The issue of race had begun has been such a part of my entire career. It was never something I struggled with personally, side-eye, but it was other people's confusions. Macy Gray and I were the first black woman to be considered alternative, but people were like, but you're black and alternative, what is that? which already is a stupid-ass question, but it was put in our faces all the time, she says. The reason Khalees is taking a break from farming today is to talk about the record where all this, the career, the confusion, and ultimately the farm began. It's the 20th anniversary of Kaleidoscope, her enduringly beautiful debut album, and she is about to embark on a world touch her market. But... Looking back does not sit comfortably with an artist who has always prided herself on moving forward. And truth be told, she would not have even noticed it was an anniversary if her manager had not mentioned it. Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit, if I'm honest. There's a lot to do. It's, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. I feel everyone is expecting me to have these deep thoughts about it. And I just don't, she says. Having established that, she then spends 15 minutes sharing her deep thoughts about the album's anniversary, which take in everything from President Trump to modern parenting. I grew up hanging out in jazz clubs, falling asleep there with people stepping over me because there was, there were, that's where my parents were. So they would just took me. They would just take me. But you look at parents today and they're like, oh, my God, it's nap time. I can't talk to you. And it's all we can't go there because we have kids. I'm like, did we die when we had kids? And then there is a disconnect. I'm hypersensitive to stuff my parents fought for because they weren't sheltering me from the realities. Now it's like parents stop everything and shield their kids from everything. 
Then they become these adults who have no taste and no concept of what was being fought for before because they weren't privy to it. She says exasperated. She means, I think, among other issues, that it's, it is good to re-release quality music, but because that is often the only way kids come across it these days. As their parents just play Pe- Peppa Pig and Frozen albums all the time. But even if it's not always entirely clear how her argument relates to Kaleidoscope, I enjoy the ride. Kalise was born Kalise Rogers, the daughter of jazz musician and fashion designer. She has always been interested in music and she is, she says, especially proud of her first album. Proud of the femaleness of the album, of the freaking outspokenness of it, the blackness of it, the alternativeness of it. But returning to Kaleidoscope has brought back as many bitter memories as sweet ones. Kalise made it with her then close friend Pharrell and Chad Hugo, aka the Neptunes. Ding, 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 ding. After meeting them through a mutual friend at a performing art school. She was 19 at the time. I thought it was a beautiful and pure creative safe space, she says. But it ended up not being that at all. The story of the music industry is one of the young artists getting ripped off again and again. Because they were too young to understand their contracts. They have signed until it was too late. What is different in Khalees' case, she says, is that it was her friends who ripped her off. I was told we were going to split the whole thing 33-33-33, which we didn't do, she says. Instead, she says she was blatantly lied to and tricked, pointing out specifically to the Neptunes and their management and their lawyers and all that stuff. As a result, she says she made nothing from sales of her first two albums, which were produced by the Neptunes, but she did not notice for, for, for a few years because she was making money from touring. And just the fact that I wasn't poor felt like enough, she says. She sighs. Their argument is, well, you signed it. I'm like, yeah, I signed that, what I was told, and I was too young and stupid to double check it. Check it. Pharrell and Hugo did not respond to, requests, or to the request for a comment. And they were her, your friends, so you trusted them, I say. Yeah, it's amazing, she shrugs. She doesn't sound angry. No, I'm just stating the facts, she says. I ask why she isn't angry. To be honest with you, I think if it were not for my faith, I feel like that would probably be the case. It's very clear to me, especially being on a farm, that whatever you put in the ground, that is what is coming back to you, she says. Things eventually come crashing, came crashing down, she says, when she made her third album, Tasty, and decided to work with a variety of producers, not just the Neptunes. And I could tell they were really offended. But she's she has been seeing Pharrell. A few years back, he was performing at an industry event and she was in the audience. And he did that thing to me that he's notorious for, which is making a nod from the stage to someone in the audience. So it seems like there's a mutual respect. When in reality, she throws her head back and laughs. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to yell back. You stole all my publishing. So you end up nodding back and everyone thinks everything is great. Like, whatever. Would she work with him again? She looks at me as if she had asked if she would jump into a shark tank. Um, at this point, there's having faith and there is just stupidity. Khalees did not talk about any of the publics, pub, for publicly for years. Another secret that she kept until recently is that according to her, Nas, her first husband, physically abused her. She first mentioned this in an interview in 2018, nine years after she left him while seven months pregnant with their child. He has strongly denied that he abused her.
well, I'm a very private person and whether it's stuff with the Neptunes and being assaulted from a business perspective to them being assaulted in the home, I fought so hard to have my own voice, even with the umbrella of these men looming over what I was trying to do. I'm not broken, but I don't feel like protecting the sanctity of the black man anymore, she says. She and Nas met when she was barely out of her teens. The red flags were there. I was really young and didn't know what the love was. It was crazy from the start, but I think as girls were taught that that's what love is. Like you can't breathe without them. What kind of shit is that? I want to breathe, she says. The two married in 2005 and second only to Beyonce and Jay-Z, they were seen as music's coolest couple. But fame, she says, made the abuse worse. And it continued to worsen until two things finally made her leave. The first was seeing the photos of Rihanna after Chris Brown's assault assaulted her in 2009. It just woke me up, she says. The second was being pregnant. I thought, you know, I can do a lot, but I'm not prepared to bring someone else into this so i'm done since Khalees first spoke publicly about this now says issue repeated denials that he hid her and insists that she stops him from seeing their son Khalees rolls her eyes any rational person would look at the situation and say to Nas, well if you want to see your child you have to actually show up my kid is a really happy child because i don't tell him when his father says he's coming going to come and doesn't show up she talks at a link about the problems of co-parenting and it's a conversation I've heard often from friends who are very much not intentional international pop stars. Death may be the great leveler, but so is divorce from a distance. Kalisa's story looks like a textbook warning to young artists, young female artists in particular. Don't let record companies sell you short. Don't let producers make you sign anything and don't let a wolf into your home. Kalisa sees it differently. She sees it a different story, a different fight against people, men really, who continually try to keep her down. But she always stayed true to herself. Both things can be true. With her talent, she should have enjoyed more success than she has. But really, who cares about the bread and circuses? She has her farm, her goats, and maybe even a cow situation. <laughs> As she walks me down, back down towards the driveway, her little boy is walking hand in hand with his father towards the vegetable garden. She hugs me goodbye and says, I hope she is okay. I'm absolutely fine. She smiles. And she is. So that tour was some start March the 3rd. Um, Khalise. Okay. That was an excerpt from The Guardian that I boringly read to you. Okay, so. Hmm. I a thousand percent believe Khalees in all her stories, whether it was with Nas, whether it was with Pharrell. Because none of them have given any proof of anything different than what she has said. Why would she deny Oh, why would she lie on all these men? And in reality, these men were ideally puzzles, large pieces in the career of Khalees, in the large picture of things. And her speaking against those men literally is taking, ripping her 
career in half, more than half, because Pharrell and the Neptunes gave her what she created with them, which is I want to under, people to understand that they didn't give her anything. The Neptunes have been trying to make those sounds the same that they brought with Khalees with other artists that have failed ever since. They have never been able to emulate what they did with Khalees. No matter what artist it was, Britney, Janet, um, Gaga, um, um, Beyonce, uh, all those artists have worked with them and have never been able to do it the way that Khalees has done with them. Let's keep it real. Let's be honest. And if you don't, if you disagree, you just never listen to Kaleidoscopic, Kaleidoscopic or Tasty. Production-wise, style-wise, the ex- the experimental concepts on those albums, how brave it was. You could tell it was a true production marriage. They were adventurous together. They talked about things. They did music together. That you could tell that was, it was a genuine blend from both of them that nobody could ever emulate. And with Pharrell and um, with Nas and Khalees, the imagery that they represented, the cool, you know, girl with the with the bangang and and the, you know, she was a down ass bitch from Harlem. He was from Queens. And, you know, she was this off kilter girl who went to art studios and cooked Cusco, Cusco you know, for brunch on Saturday and Khalees would roll the weed. I mean, Nas would roll up the weed and, and, you know, hang with the Coke boys, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, They had such a great look. Like, literally, they were second to Jay-Z and Beyonce as far as the coolest couples in the music industry. And I think her fearlessness to speak about niggas lie. Like we talk about this constantly on the show. Niggas lie, 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 niggas lies, niggas lies. I don't care what they are or where they're at or what they're doing or where they're from. You know, niggas lie. They lie in the office. They lie in the studio. They lie in the fucking janitor office. They lie in a fucking Sonic drive through They lie in a fucking movie theater. They lie in a fucking, uh, 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 fucking jazz festival. There's not a place that these niggas, in the Waffle House, there's not a place that these niggas will not lie. There's not a place. Not a place that these niggas will not lie to you about from. There's not a place. Niggas will lie to you to your face. Niggas will lie to you behind your back. Niggas will lie to you about you. Niggas will lie to you about some other bitch. Niggas will lie. About every... Niggas will... How they feel. How you feel. Niggas lie. So... Them coming up to... Not coming up and affirming... Kalisa's story and her their recollection actually denying Kalisa's recollection is nothing that we're never heard of from a you know oh are you you mean to tell me this these niggas lying on this woman shit <laughs> you know what I'm saying like is that is that foreign 
Is that foreign to us? Is that something that we've never experienced before? Niggas lie. They lie. And Pharrell is a nigga. Chad Hugo is a nigga. Nas is a nigga. They all fucking lie. Bitches lie too. But keep it real. Let's keep it real. Where's Khalees' money? Where, why would she lie about being, and you know, come on. Even Nicki Minaj has spoken up a little bit about what happened between her and Nas and how crazy that nigga is. A lot of people have. Why are y'all so quick to defend these niggas despite, because you love them. I love Pharrell too. I would love to work with him, but I won't. I'm going to make sure my contract is right because niggas lie. And Khalees was a 19-year-old hungry girl from a performance art school. She wanted to just come up with these great songs, and they did. Amazing on Kaleidoscopic. Like, amazing work. Ghetto Children is one of my favorite songs of all time. And why would she lie? Why would she lie on them? It ain't like they paying her. They weren't paying her to begin with. Kaleidoscope. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about kaleidoscopic dream. Kaleidoscope. I don't know. The reason why I chose Khalees is because I think it is a interesting tale and it's a cautionary tale, but I think also Khalees has such a story of perseverance that only a New York chick could have. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to completely to write and to sing all these great songs, great songs and have to have written them and to take your career constantly. There is not a hype beast out there who does not love Khalees. She is like the anti-Beyonce. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, she's a big deal. And every year, every time something happens, she kind of becomes bigger. People want to know, where Khalees at? Every year you see like a thread on um, Twitter. You know what I'm saying? About how dope Kaleidoscope is. And it is. Suspend it. Get along with you. She has albums that... Artists like myself look up to the the whole the the range that she tackles from kaleidoscope to tasty to flesh tone to food like she literally does all of her music and she does them well she tackles genres and subject matters and covers and samples Mwah. So well, and she did it all from a true love of music, and because she didn't get paid for him. <laughs> and I think I want us to support Khalees. If you've never really went through and listened to her albums, I would. She has something for everybody. Like I tell people all the time, Khalees has something literally for everybody. Everybody. If you like techno, if you love R and B, you love hip hop, you love alternative music you love jazz you like punk you like um dance you like 
aren't like sexy music. You like country music. She's got it. And she does it very well. Shout out to Khalees. Shout out to Pharrell. Shout out to Nas. You know, but the niggas lie. Niggas lie. I believe Khalees. Because where's the money? Even the way to discuss Khalees. Khalees has done great for both of them. Like a normal black woman. You can't make me believe that Pharrell has not, and Chad, and Chad Hugo has not benefited from the work that they did with Khalees. They were literally her musical guinea pig. Vice versa. The sounds that they done together, it started with Khalees and ventured out to other artists. And she did it well. Anything, anything they brought to her, she knocked it out the park. And vice versa with Nas, before Nas was that boy, Khalees made him that sex symbol. Not, you know, Nas is always sexy, but as far as like husband material, that was Nas. I mean, that was Khalees. She cleaned him up. She gave him a style. She gave him a stilo, like black women do. Do y'all disagree or you agree? Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think. And if you are just tuning into the show, make sure you rate, subscribe, like, review this podcast. Cause I don't do it for my health, baby. You know, show me some love, show me some feedback, feedback. You know what I mean? Let me know what you think. Okay. So we moving on to the last segment which is our love and relationship segment brought to you by cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to cosmo.com over there. And this is, um, we're getting closer the next time I have a show, it'd be Christmas Eve or whatever. So the next seven days have, are going to be important to round out our year. And I think these last seven days need to count and need to be filled with such romance, um, sexcapades, um, be drunk, get high, um, have a merry fucking Christmas and a merry gay time because this year sucked as a whole for everybody. Um, it was a, it was an okay year for me. I will, I will say it was a great year for me, but it wasn't the best year for me. Um, I mean, I'm lying, but it was one of my favorite years, but it was a struggle for majority of us. And me and Cosmopolitan.com have some steps on ways to make sex more festive this holiday season. Now, this last segment is our love relationship sex segment. So, you know, we like to keep it spicy, interesting, innovative around this part. This is the one that makes people's eyes or their eyebrows raise. And we have 17 ways to make sex more festive this holiday season. All right. So. To say that 2020 has been a shit year is a bit of an understatement. Many of you have had canceled plans, weddings, birthday parties, and even the holidays, which is like so depressing during this time. But unfortunately, no matter how much you want to take 
and bake some frosted sugar cookies with your grams right now. It looks like the country will be forced to ride out the end of this year, stuck inside, lonely in a shoebox apartment, which with the same person you've been quarantining with since March. 2020 really out here testing relationships, laugh out loud. But there's some good news, though. Just because you can't really leave the house right now doesn't mean your holiday has to be any less festive. While you can ex- can't exactly go ice skating or hit up a holiday pop-up bar, you can do some kinky Christmas shit with your SO. So next, we're about to give you some ways to get some holiday cheer and try out these fun festive tips on your partner. I don't know for sure, but me thinks Santa would be proud. Decorate an ornament like a penis. (laughs) Not safe for work ornaments are a must during the Christmas season. Dress up a Christmas tree. Who doesn't want to get poked with pine needles while they're doing the third base? You know what I mean? Uh, Three, dress up a snowman. Pretend to melt when things start heating up for bonus points. Four, add jingle bells to your sex playlist. (laughs) It's got a great beat to hump along to. Five, candy cone lube. Candy cane lube. It's like regular lube, but minty. It makes blowjobs actually tasty. Four, six, Netflix and chill. That's when you make out during a Christmas prince with the heat off. Seven, decorate a gingerbread house. Feel free to get creative and kinky with the frosting. Eight, tie each other up with garland. Fuzzy handcuffs are out. Prickly ones are in. Nine, bring a fruitcake to lick off of each other. Everyone hates them, so it's not like they'll be missed or anything. Ten, instead of your usual dirty talk, recite the lyrics to Oh Holy Night. <laughs> Eleven, it seems obvious, but get Santa in there. If you've got, if you've been wanting a role play as Santa, now's your chance. Twelve, point each other's naked bodies festive holiday colors. Paint each other's bodies naked festive (laughs) paint each other's naked bodies festive holiday colors you're not going outside anytime soon anyway 13 for those that celebrate hanukkah each night means eight different positions to try and yes they can all be variations variations of missionary 14 decorate the tree with sex toys get rid of those old snowman ornaments and hang up your vibrators instead frosty won't turn you on like the womanizer will 15 dress up your partner as a reindeer get to ride in your red nosed deer 16 try doing it in snowsuits now you can be warm and horny 17 and the last but not least wrap up each other in your favorite wrapping paper a present you don't mind waiting for for christmas to open okay i like those what do you think i think those are all really really corny let me give you my (laughs) let me give you some of my ideas now we talked about i don't really like food in the bed i think that that is so sticky i hate being sticky um, but I do like the idea of doing, um, flavored lubes. I love that idea. Like maybe a mint lube, um, a vanilla frosting type of lube, maybe even mixing it with vanilla frosting, getting in there and getting a little, you know, thing going or, um, <laughs> putting a little, um, 
bows, like the little sticky bows all over your body parts, making your nigga take them off with his mouth, making them, you know, tie them up with a garland too. I like those ideas, you know, but, um, spice it up. Like, um, what's another thing I like to do? Um, doing a only this year, maybe only sexual gifts exchange. Um, get that man that hydro, um, suction master like pussy pumper or get that torso get a torso a butt made like a one of those molds made up your butt you know what i'm saying or a mouth mold after your own mouth and let him go to town with it and you know what i'm saying like or some freaky gift cards, some freaky, um, uh, what are those called? The little freaky coupons, make them up yourself, Christmas themed, you know, stuff my fucking stocking, you dirty bitch, you know, or, um, <laughs> shit like that. Spice it up because you're stuck in an inside and all that. Oh, or, you know, maybe the gift could be a third. Y'all know how I feel about group sex. Like, I don't think it has to be as bad as people try to make it out to be. I think group sex is very important. You know, bring somebody in. You know what I mean? That could be your man's present. Um, buy a hoe. Ho, ho, ho. Maybe three. You know? Spin the bread. Get three hoes in there and go, let that man go to town while you, you know, while fucking the Grinch is playing in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, have fun. It doesn't have to suck is what I'm trying to say. Long story short... I say all these things to comfort you this year. Christmas does not have to suck. It could be spicy. It could be the sexiest Christmas year of your life, you and your booze life, or even a random hookup. There's some nigga out there who is lonely. Hook him up, like on Plenty of Fish or Jacked or Tinder. Find you a Christmas bay, and y'all come together and spend Christmas Eve together, rocking each other's fucking sleigh bells and rocking around, you know, your fucking Christmas tree, or you know, have his nuts roasting on an open fire. You know what I mean? Like, do some freaky fun shit. Don't be boring, you know, because we're in a quarantine and we might be locked down after Christmas. You know, spice it up, spice up your life. That's the show. Um, next time we speak, it'll be Christmas Eve. I have something really, really cool to share with you guys. Um, so tune in next week. Until then, I love y'all. Do something fun. Buy some gifts. Um, but just focus on the, the positive. We're almost out. They're rolling out. And then also... Go get a vaccine. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Go get the fucking vaccine. Don't be fucking ridiculous. Like, we've been almost through a year of this bullshit with no end in sight. And y'all want to act and y'all want to pump brakes on a vaccine? Like, get the fuck out of here. You niggas got one thing and y'all have the nerve. You know what I'm saying? Like, go get the vaccine. And I will see y'all next week. <laughs>